Welcome to Navigating Love and Immigration. I'm your host, Megan Pastrana. Falling in love is exciting. Maintaining a healthy relationship takes work. And when you're going through an immigration process, you are faced with unique challenges. This podcast is for anyone in a cross-cultural relationship who finds themselves lost in the labyrinth of U.S. immigration. We will interview relationship experts, explore the stories of real couples, and provide important tips on starting the next chapter of your lives together. Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of Navigating Love and Immigration. I'm so excited because I have my dear friend Marla here with me. Marla is an amazing human being, and I have been mentioning her quite a bit recently and other podcast episodes and on Facebook Lives. And we had mentioned and talked about holding dualities. And I had said, Marla is the person to come and talk more with all of you about what that means. And so I'd like to introduce Marla and her work in the world. So Marla is the creator of the ethical sales process, and she's the co-founder of the Intimacy Experts. She's an internationally recognized speaker and expert working with thought leaders in love, sales, and business. And she uses her background in neuroscience, mathematics, and relationship-based sales to guide businesses, couples, and individuals to uncover the hidden patterns in relationship and business to unlock passion, financial success, and unlimited joy. She has over 20 plus years of experience, and she has worked with Academy Award-winning actors and actresses, producers, NBA players, coaches, millionaire entrepreneurs, and she has been featured in Forbes and Oprah NBC, ABC, CBS, to name a few. So she's an amazing human being. I love that she always says that she does her work in the world with her love life and business partner, Julian. She lives and integrates everything that she practices and teaches. So thank you so much for being here, Marla. That's an amazing bio. (laughs) That was quite the mouthful, wasn't it? (laughs) It was, but I wanted everybody to know all of this about you because your work in the world is amazing. So thank you for being here. Thank you so much. I'm excited for this conversation because I am a huge fan of you and your business and what you do in the world, helping couples with immigration. So let's go. Awesome. So let's just dive right into this holding duality. So I brought this up in a recent podcast episode where I was talking a bit about my personal immigration experience with my husband, Carlos, and just how you know, the immigration process can be stressful, but can actually be a really beautiful thing that can make your relationship better. So I I had referenced dualities, but tell us what does that mean to hold dualities and why is it important? I love this. So first of all, everybody's always doing it, whether they realize it or not. We're always holding dualities. And how do we know that? You're living inside of a body and you have your own experience of life. And then there's life happening outside of your body. That's one duality. You've got what's going on inside. You've got your internal organs. You've got your brain and your thoughts and everything that's happening in your own inner world. And then you've got the outer world. That's one duality. So the idea is dualities just means you're holding two seemingly opposite things at the same time. So it works for concepts. For example, if you get really strident on, we should be doing it like this, like in your relationship, you know? And then your partner has the other idea. Well, no, I think we should do it like that, right? I don't know if you've ever experienced that. Uh, Never. (laughs) (laughs) Hypothetical, you know, you have different opinions about how to do something, even about what to eat, right? Uh And so we have two different opinions, two different ideas, two different concepts. How do we bridge the two? How do we hold both as valid, 
as equally important at the same time. That's one way that we can practice actually expanding our capacity to receive more. Because when we think of one thing and that's the only way it needs to be, we unintentionally discredit or don't consider anything else. We only think about our own opinion, our own way of thinking. So when we can consider both ways of thinking at the same time, now you get into, well, what is right and wrong? What is the best way to handle this? What if my way is not the only way or the best way? What if my partner's way needs to be considered more than mine at this moment? Maybe they have more expertise in this area. And so the idea of holding dualities can be simple from I have thoughts in my mind and you have thoughts in your mind and they're not going to be exactly the same. That's a duality. Mm -hmm. So the idea of going through the immigration process and going through it with joy, what if those can be aligned? Because on one hand, there's a lot of processing to the process and then there's the relational part of that process, right? And so there's a duality embedded in what you do. Exactly. And that's really why I brought that topic up. That's what sparked that conversation is, you know, people were kind of like shocked. And how can the immigration process be a positive? How can it be a joyous process? That just seems like an oxymoron to say a joyous immigration process. It just doesn't seem like that can, that that can exist. And, you know, having gone through it personally, it is easy to start seeing, like you're saying that one side. And when you exclude the other part of that, holding that duality, it can kind of cause some conflict internally and in your relationship. So can you talk more about how can, even though it's happening, right? I know it's already happening, but it sounds like there's these two sides to it. How can we maybe choose to focus more of our energy on the positive, more positive side of that immigration journey so people can not just survive the immigration process, but thrive? Yeah. Well, let's talk about a specific example. So tell me, What's one place a lot of couples get stuck in the process of the sort of the transactional experience? What's one spot that people get stuck? I would say where people start to feel maybe the most stressed or start to have a little bit more of the blinders on is when they see the wait times. And it's just, oh my gosh, we have to wait a year and a half to be together. You know, how can that be a positive? How can that be joyous? It's really frustrating. It's annoying. It's all of these things. So, That's kind of the example that's top of mind for me. Does that work? Yes, that absolutely works. Okay, here's the deal. When you first find out, this was surprising to me too, because when you told me that that was how long it takes, I was like, oh my gosh, that's that's a long time. (laughs) Everybody's shocked by that. It is is shocking. You'd think there'd be some fast track, but like Disneyland lines or something, you know? I know, they should start a fast pass. Those are nice. (laughs) (laughs) Those are really nice. So, So here's how we use holding dualities here. So here... The immigration process essentially is very transactional. Is you got to do this, you got to file this, you got to respond here, you got to do this by this date, by this time, needs to have this signature in this spot, right? Anything that's off or not exactly the way it needs to be, the transaction goes longer. So we want to be really clear in our transactions. Now, the couple, it has to navigate those transactions. And if they don't bring their relationship as the whole reason why they're doing that in the first place, then the whole process becomes transactional. And this is, again, you know, one of the reasons I love your firm is because you bring that relational care filled 
considerate, respectful approach to the couple. So you're modeling the relationship-based approach, which is amazing because a lot of immigration firms don't do that. So this is one of the things that sets your firm apart. And so when the stress arises from the transactional experience, the couple's job essentially is to hold the duality of these are the transactions we need to get through, we need to align with, we need to follow through on. And our relationship is the primary place where we're nurturing, we're pouring in love and good vibes, you know, and our big why, like why we are so dedicated to doing this in the first place, because we love each other and we want to be together physically and we can't be together, you know, if we're across the pond, you know, or in different countries. And so this idea of holding duality is when the stress arises, not if, when the stress arises, you have a plan for how you're going to navigate that. And what's the plan? And this is where my practice of ethical sales and the ethical sales process comes in, because it's not just monetary exchanges. The sales process that I teach, as you know, is a relational approach to every yes or no question. And so part of our philosophy, in fact, the entire philosophy is relational. It's based on my relationship approach to life, which I you know, developed with my sweetheart and taught for, to many couples over decades. But really, it's that approach of when the stress arises, we hold that duality of we're in this together. It's the most important saying, mantra, affirmation, whatever you want to say, that phrase, we're in this together. It literally has you energetically arm in arm, because obviously mm-hmm. you're not on the same location. It has you on the same page. It has you, as we like to say, the two of you side by side facing the issue together rather than at each other. When you think of animals, animals get aggressive when they are facing each other. And when they're side by side, it's the friends and we're, we're being friends and we're colleagues and we're in this together. And being in it together is one of the most important bonding aspects for a couple to feel like they're in it together. The main piece here is what we call in ethical sales, humans over transactions. And that means you put the relationship first. So when the transaction is here, you consider how am I going to navigate this that's going to uplift my relationship rather than just saying whatever's at the top of my mind and spitting out all of the stress? How can I share about the stress in a way that makes it more likely that my partner will have compassion for me rather than trying to tell me what to do or, oh, stop being stressed about that kind of thing? Mm -hmm. What do you think of all that? Uh, so many things. Yeah, I, I really like, because even before we started recording this episode, we were talking about how when you focus on the transaction component of the immigration case, that's so huge to think about it that way. If you're thinking about the transaction instead of the relationship and being in it together, I think that's such a huge mindset shift. And that's what I, we always tell clients too, we'll be in the driver's seat. We'll take care of the paperwork. So you focus on your relationship. It's really is that duality there. What I do tell couples all the time, and I'm hearing you know, from you, is that one of my favorite quotes is pressure can burst pipes or make diamonds. I love that quote. And when you think about it that way, the pressure and the stress of the immigration case, and I tell them from my own personal experience, I'm not just saying this, it makes you more resilient on the other side individually and as a couple. And now my husband and I, when we look back and think about going through that process, 
stressful events, of course, they still arise. Of course, they'll still stressful, but we have a reference point of something that we went through. And that was the high side. That was the positive of going through that. Like you said, we're in this together. When you have stressful events, we're like, we've done this type of thing before. We're in this together. We came through. We were even stronger. We, we're going to do it again. So that's an amazing reframe for couples. I think it's so important. If you can imagine going through an obstacle course, like I don't yes. know if you've ever seen a mud run. Have you, yes. have you ever done a mud run? Yes. It's insane. <laughs> I've done a mud run too. Um, part of my background, as you know, is a, I was a high school math teacher for seven years yeah. in Los Angeles Unified. And so I take a super logical approach to emotional material. And I did a mud run with three of my math teacher friends and we had a blast. We came out so dirty on the other end. It was fantastic. And it's the immigration process is like that. You could pry your way through it and complain, or you could have fun. You could be like, oh, we got to get in the mud. We got to climb this rope. Like one of us couldn't climb the rope. And so we just like push each other up. We help each other. We're in this together, right? And so if you can imagine the immigration process as an obstacle course and ask yourself, am I bracing through this Oof. or am I embracing mm-hmm. this process, right? Because the transactions are there. You cannot escape the transactions in life. You can't escape the transactions in the immigration process. You can't escape the transaction of sale. However, what you can do is you can bring the relational approach and you put the human relationship above any transactions. You make that primary. And the way you do that is by having that mantra together. We're in this together. And that's really the mantra of your company too. We're in this together. We're in this with you. And then you encourage them to have that as well. And so the truth is, it doesn't mean that there's no stress. It doesn't mean that you're not going to have those ugly thoughts of like, this isn't fair. This is horrible. This is ridiculous. Of course, you're going to have those thoughts. This is not about some Pollyanna perfection experience of life. Nice try. I don't know how that's working for anybody else, but that's not, that's not really how life works. It's about when those ugly thoughts arise. What do you do with them? This is dualities again. Yeah. When the ugly thought arises, does it fly out of your mouth immediately? Does it fly out of your fingers and send a text to somebody? Mm-hmm. Or Are you able to sit with the ugly thoughts and bring the care, consideration, and respect of your relationship and bring that relational approach and say, I have ugly thoughts arising right now. I'm going to share them with my partner because we share and how I do that matters. That's the duality. I'm allowed to have ugly thoughts and I can choose how I'm going to share them. And that takes awareness. Which leads perfectly to the next thing that I wanted to talk with you about, about language. And so before this episode, I went through the notes from the comments on our YouTube channel and Facebook, and I just have paid attention. You taught me about just being more cognizant about language. It's so powerful. And some of the words that I saw couples use and write down about the immigration process is it's not fair, horrible, impossible, stressful, ridiculous, inhumane, unjust. We're not going to make it It's just not fair. I mean, that's just a few. And that's not to judge anyone who's written anything like that. I just want to to preface all of those, all of those feelings arose in my husband and I when we went through the immigration process. But can you talk about why language or how language, I guess, rather is powerful and why you just said awareness? What does that mean? Why is that important? 
fabulous question. I love, this is one of my favorite topics. I have a lot of favorite topics, but this is really <laughs> one of them, which is about language choice. Because here's the thing. If we really think about it logically, again, you know, my background is in neuroscience and math. Okay. So I'm super logical. If you really think about it logically, what are words? Words come from ideas and thoughts about what we think is going on, what we're imagining is happening. And then the words that actually come out when we speak them or type them, they have a frequency. It's easiest to see if you're speaking those words out loud. It's the same, just more subtle if you're thinking it or if you type it. If you say it, it's the most intense and you can tell why. If you put your hand on your throat when mm -hmm. you speak, mm -hmm, there's a vibration. Mm -hmm. And so thoughts that come out as words are actually vibration. It's a frequency. That frequency is going inside your body and emanating outside your body. Everything is in frequency. And so the frequency of complaining, words that are complaining, words that are victim language, like this is happening to me, we have no control over this. There's truth to that. You don't have control over it. However, your awareness that you don't have control, rather than feeling at the mercy of having no control, changes how the way you can speak about it. And so if you can speak about feeling out of control, from an empowered place rather than from a victim place, that will change the frequency of your expression. And then you've heard like attracts like, that frequency that you're emanating starts attracting to you that same frequency. And so if you're looking for solutions with your frequency, you're going to be emanating a frequency of I'm available for solutions. If you're talking about how it's unfair and this is ridiculous and I can't even believe this, you're going to receive solutions that have the frequency of victim. Tell me, where are the holes here? Let's poke around. The holes? Well, I like just... What doesn't make sense or what's sure. confusing still? I don't think that there's any... I guess the way that when I've made it like a question, like the holes, the part that I'm... That's coming through for me as the experiences I've had. I mean, we've worked with thousands of couples at immigration for couples. What exactly what you're saying, this frequency of how they're choosing the journey. That's not to say that they don't have any of these words arise or they don't say any of these things, but that frequency of solutions. I'll tell you, I have had clients with such complex situations. They're very careful. They're very intentional. They're very aware of the language that they use. And the solutions do, they come amazing solutions. And it's still like, even though it was a stressful process, they still will come to the end of the journey and say, you know, wow, like it was just almost like magic that these solutions came or things aligned or this congressional representative was able to help us get things moved forward. So that's just really what's coming through for me when you're talking about that is how powerful that is just from the words and that the vibration, that energy and what let's, show up in our let's life. Let's think about it like this. Yeah. You could use the same word with a completely different intention or tone underneath it. Mm -hmm. You could say, no. You could say, no. You could say, no. You could do the same thing with yes. You could say, yes. You could say, yes. You could say, yes. All of them have a totally different meaning. Yep. And so what is it? It's the thoughts in our minds that is directing the language and the tone of voice that goes along with it. And by the way, 
this is one of the things that I teach in my sales trainings, which is all about how do you view a sense of safety in every conversation you're having and specifically in sales conversations. And one of the ways we do that is through our tone of voice. And we can't change our tone of voice without awareness. It's hard to change your tone of voice even when you have awareness. Yes. So, right. It's yes, like, it is. Right. Like, if you've ever significant other, you will know it because Carlos, I can't trick him. He's like, I have been with you for so long. I know that that's not what you really want. Like even right? what you're saying and the way that it's coming across, it's not working. No poker. Right? Or even if somebody says, you know, like if you come to your partner and you know that they've been resistant to saying yes to something and you're like, well, and you come with your arguments, you know, and you're <laughs> like, well, I really think we should do da, 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 da. And you're a little more strident and they go, okay. And you're like, well, wait, I committed to that tone. You know, like uh-huh. I, I got to keep going with that. We forget that, oh, let's be present to what actually is happening here. Mm-hmm. And again, putting that human relationship above getting a task done or getting your needs met. When you put your relationship first, mm-hmm. what happens is you really start to bring this love and care and consideration and you stop viewing yourself as any kind of a victim, even if you have a lot of challenges through the process. Again, if you think about it like, an obstacle course or a mud run, it's going to be more fun. And then when you get mud in your face or in your eye, right? It's like, oh man, it didn't happen the way we thought it was going to. It's going to be a little longer. Okay. Well, what's the high side? The high side is we get to engage with Megan's team a little longer. Let's find a high side for why this might be happening and be grateful that we have the representation that we do. Right. And so looking for ways to make it a win, win, Otherwise, what happens? You start undermining your relationships. They'll blame you. They'll blame your firm. They'll blame the government. They blame Um, each other. I see that. It's really sad. It breaks my heart because it's like, well, why didn't you give them all of those things the first time? Why didn't you know that? Why is this taking so long? And it starts to go everywhere. Let me give one more tangible piece of wisdom here too, because when the couple starts blaming each other, that is when the thing starts spiraling down. If we use this idea of dualities and taking personal responsibility, all you need to do is practice what we call the narrative bubble. The narrative bubble, if you can imagine a cartoon, pardon me, a cartoon bubble of words, which is all the words you want to say, but you know are not kind. You're trying so hard not to say anything unkind to your partner. And then what happens? Stress, stress, tension, pressure, volcano. Yeah. Right. And we volcano it out. So. Here's the pressure release valve, the narrative bubble. All of those unspoken words, guess what? You have permission to say them out loud. With one caveat, you need to tell your partner, I am having a big reaction internally and there's a lot going on inside of me. Can I just vent it out without you taking any of it personally? That's asking for consent. If they say yes, you will be shocked. What happens when you say to your partner, What I really want to do is blame you for not putting the thing in the right spot or not giving them the information on time or whatever the thing is you're thinking about blaming them for. And I'm really working hard at not doing that, even though I really want to blame you because I'm angry and pissed and upset. And I just want to see you because I really love you and I just want to be together. And now it's going to take longer. So I'm really working hard at not blaming you. And it's not easy. Could you just share one thing you heard me say so I have a little reflection? That's one approach. That's one approach 
to that pressure valve release, because that pressure that starts to happen that breaks pipes, that's the one that we want to release the pressure. And then the pressure of your union making a diamond, that's the good kind of pressure that you want to have, which is our union can handle me speaking the narrative bubble out loud with prior consent. And it does wonders because you think your partner knows everything you're thinking, Mm. but they really don't. They're making assumptions. They're loving you. They're trying to help. But until you let them know how you're suffering on the inside, they don't know. They'll sense it. They'll react to it. But if the words aren't spoken out loud, they're going to guess. And that's dangerous. (laughs) And that's super dangerous super dangerous. And two, what I'm hearing from you is I really want to make sure that anyone who's listening is is understanding this as well. We're not able to avoid those feelings. Those words are going to come out. You might say things like, it's not fair. This is annoying. It's, you know, horrific. All of these things that you might describe or or words that you might use at your partner. It sounds like what you're saying is you got to get these out of your body. You got to get them out either in that, you know, getting consent from your partner and sharing it or speaking them and letting them move through and not judging it. And not just being like, oh, no, I said that thing. I need to be positive all the time. That's not at all what you're, you're saying. And I just want to make sure that's. I'm so glad you're <laughs> mentioning that. Yeah, because a lot of people who study with relationship experts maybe misinterpret that approach. You know, it's not you can't be positive all the time. We're human. I am a relationship expert and I also have ugly thoughts about my relationship from time to time. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, and it's amazing when I share those things with Julian, he has compassion for me because why I'm taking responsibility for them. I'm actively not wanting to actually express them out loud in rage, in anger, in volcano. Instead, I'm going to have the courage to speak it out loud and take responsibility for it. And usually what I say is, look, I know you can feel Mm -hmm. me judging you right now. I know you can feel me judging you right now. So I'm just going to say it out loud. You're right. I'm judging. I'm really working hard at not judging. And I am. There's judgment happening right now because I'm feeling like, why are you doing that when you could be doing this? And da, 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 da. Right. And so I speak that out loud so he doesn't have to feel crazy. He doesn't have to feel like, why does it feel like there's daggers around here? Why does it feel like? It's not safe to be in the house yeah. because Marla's got thoughts in her mind that are not kind right now. Mm -hmm. And so in our union, we have full permission and explicit consent to be able to share the truth of what's going on because we are very sensitive. We feel it anyway. And Julian does the same for me. And that's how you build resiliency in your union. And you want to do that. You have an amazing opportunity. Everybody who's listening right now, you have an amazing opportunity going through the immigration process to use it as the vehicle for your personal and professional growth. And so this is calling forth all of the couples who genuinely care about the growth of their relationship. Why wouldn't you use the immigration process as a way to practice holding dualities, allowing yourself to have the negativity? Because guess what? If you try and push it down or shove it away, it's going to whack-a-mole its way back up and pop out somewhere else. So stop trying to shove it away and pretend it's not there. Acknowledge it and acknowledge how much you love your partner at the same time. That is going to build an unbreakable union. You will be resilient and you will love each other through this process. And if you're also lucky enough to be guided by Megan and her law firm, then they've got your back. You really can practice 
we're in this together when you have a law firm behind you like this. They really do care. And that's what you want. You want a scenario where you can relax into the transactions so that you can practice being relational through your transactions. And again, that's what I teach in my sales process. So anybody who's a business owner, professional, or practitioner, come study with me because it's one of the only relationship approaches to sales that you're going to get out there. It's like maybe the only sales training that when you learn sales, all your relationships get better. It is very, very powerful. I will say that not just me and my team, we've worked with you, Marla, and going through the ethical sales process. And we use the ethical sales process in our conversations, our sales conversations with potential clients who are looking to work with us. I know for a lot of people, they hear the word sales and it feels icky, right? But it's really, it's relationships. It's exactly that. And the relationship we have with our clients, the relationship our clients have with one another, or the relationship they have with others in their life, it's all about consent and vulnerability and being really honest with your emotions and your feelings and what you're thinking. So it's really what it comes down to. So I think it's extremely powerful and putting the humans over the transactions is so important. Yeah, I can say it pretty succinctly so people really get it. Traditional sales drives the conversation every step along the way to a yes. So they take the transaction in sales and drive to a yes through every, even if they're trying to build a relationship along the way, that's their whole goal. Ethical sales also is transactional. It's just that we bring the relational approach and we are driving towards clarity. Clear yes or clear no, and both are honored and respected and valued with gratitude. And so that's the main difference between what I teach and what most other sales programs are out there. And because the drive is for clarity, it allows people to feel relaxed in the sales conversation because there's not one choice at the end. It's pretty amazing when you have clarity as your driving force and as your driving factor, because that's how you get to be in a sales conversation where we're in this together. And one last piece. Every sale is beyond a monetary exchange. Every yes or no question is technically a sale. That's why you can practice this all day long because any yes or no question, if you're driving to a yes, if you're hoping for a yes, hey, sweetheart, do you want to go here on vacation? And you are hoping for a yes. Like the time that I asked Julian if he wanted to come with me to Paris for a month and I was hoping for a yes. And when he said no, I was crushed. I was not practicing ethical sales at that time. (laughs) I was crushed. However, I immediately cleaned it up by saying, you know what? Let me know if that changes. And three months later, it changed. And he did come with me. Hmm. But I didn't push him into it. So I honored his no. And that's ethical sales. Any yes or no question you can practice. Can you hear a no when you most want to hear a yes and still love that person through it? Exactly. Yeah, that's been a very powerful thing that I've learned from you as well to just honor that other person's no, if it's you know your spouse or your fiance or anyone in your life to just be okay with that. Holding the dualities, right? Of being disappointed that it's a no, but also really respecting that they feel comfortable enough being honest with you that they're a no and being, yeah, just celebrating that. So that is awesome. I've really, really enjoyed our conversation. I think there's just so many nuggets of wisdom that all of our listeners or viewers, if you're watching this on YouTube, will glean from this episode. (laughs) I would like to give you space to share any upcoming events or 
anything that you want listeners or viewers to be aware of awesome. in of your work in the world. So, yeah. Okay, great. There's always something happening. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, right now we have a two hour live sales training. It's $33 y'all. It's so packed with fun and uplifting information that you can apply right away in any relationship. So I'm teaching about the seven client personality types that you will engage with in your life. Okay. Whether it's your partner or whether it's an actual sales conversation and what to do with each one. So that is the ethical sales seminar is on Saturday, August 26th, and it's two hours. And then we have a VIP option for anybody who wants to either witness or participate in what we call a diamond seat, which is direct live coaching with me. And it is powerful and potent and hilarious. Okay. And so that's fun. And then if this is happening after the 26th, there'll be a replay page that you can invest in the replay. I think it's going to be like $19 for the replay if you want that. So that's what's up now. And we always have trainings going. We do trainings twice a year. Please come in. We also have free quizzes. We have a couple of amazing quizzes to find out what your sales personality type is and also what client types you tend to attract and what that says about you. So we have a couple of free fun things, but try to make it to one of the seminars. It's really, you're going to love it. If you attend live, let me know that you came through Megan because I got a little something special for you. Oh, yes. I love being in your container. It's always a spiritual journey and there's always so much growth that happens. You always get something that you don't expect. So yes, I highly encourage you to check it out. We do have so many clients and people who follow the channel that are, oh, that's so cute, that are (laughs) (laughs) that are entrepreneurs or even if you're not, even if you aren't in sales, exactly like Marla said, it's about being able to have those really important conversations. That is so cute. What is that thing? This is the other side. Oh my gosh. That's hilarious. So now everybody has to go on YouTube to check out. Yeah. You have to, yeah. You'll have to go on. What is it? A bear? This is the Tasmanian devil. Oh, okay. One side of it is super happy. <laughs> and the other side of it is argh, angry, not happy. And so oh. <laughs> This is my little fun thing that I like to play with. That is with. so fun. So everybody knows where, how I'm feeling in the moment. <laughs> oh yeah. The uh, not happy one is me in the morning. I have never been. <laughs> <Arr>. <laughs> that is that. <laughs> that is so cute. I love that. Well, thank so you. This so is much. dualities. Like, in I, that's ball. exactly what I was thinking. Dualities <laughs> in action. Everybody needs to get one of those if you're going through an immigration process. So you're part yes. of where you're at in your journey <laughs> that on any given day. Thank you so much for spending this time with us. This is all just such amazing information for couples to do a complete reframe on how they want to experience their immigration journey. And I think that's an amazing offering on August 26th. I hope everyone is able to attend. All right. Thank you so much, Marla. Thank you. Bye. Bye.